Welcome to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with Attorney Bill Alexander. It was a busy week for you, Bill. First week back from a, a little trip that you took, and also you had your webinars this past week. How are you doing? Well, life is good. Uh, you know, we, we always enjoy our webinars, uh, teaching uh, folks uh, the basics of, uh, and of course, as uh, for, for folks who are not aware, we do a webinar uh, every uh, month, every second Wednesday of the month. Uh, so we had one this past Wednesday. Um, and we do two on that day every month. And so in the morning, we do one on long-term care planning, uh, particularly focused on Medicaid, but we include VA benefits and lots of other, um, you know, everything from Medicare to special assistance to veterans benefits to uh, the different types of Medicaid that are out there, if you will. And then the most important Medicaid for many families uh, is the one for seniors who uh, are unfortunate enough to require skilled care nursing. Um, uh, so anyway, uh, the, our webinar uh, focuses on how middle-class families uh, can be eligible and preserve their property. Uh, it also is important that we go over uh, those programs where uh, people cannot get help. You know, there, there's a, a myth that, um, that if you don't have anything, you know, in other words, you've given all your property away or you just never had any to begin with, um, and you don't have any property, that somehow the government's going to take care of you. And unfortunately, for many people who believe that, uh, they're wrong. <laughs> and the, the fact is that uh, the government doesn't take care of most people uh, who fall into that category. And, you know, frankly, uh, people need to know why. However, for those folks who are in that unfortunate category that need skilled care nursing, which is the most expensive form of long-term care for families, um, uh, and it, of course it's astronomically expensive. Um, typically, it's uh, in this area. It's in the neighborhood of eight thousand dollars a month or more, uh, and not many families can afford to do that for very long without running out of money. And fact is, is that uh, families need to know that with professional help that they can um, actually be eligible for Medicaid and protect their property. And that's actually what that webinar is all about. Uh, and then in the afternoon, I do one that's become very popular and um, is important to a lot of folks. Uh, and that is on uh, trust-based planning uh, and asset protection. So, and, you know, the fact is, with that, a lot of folks don't realize uh, the that uh, trusts don't do not necessarily give you asset protection, um, and, and there are certain types of property that can be asset protected by state law or federal law without being in a trust. So it's it's the kind of thing where 
folks just don't know those rules. Uh, and, and a lot of folks have lots of questions about trusts and how they work. And there's no one uh, out there that I know of that doesn't care about protecting what they have. Asset protection is really important, folks. Uh, and as we get older and we acquire property, uh, we, we want to we hold on to what we have. And so asset protection can be everything about lifestyle. It can be how do you pay less tax. Uh, and, and it can be how do we uh, take our uh, property off the table in terms uh, of uh, people uh, being able to to capture what we have acquired, you know, and as as folks acquire more, the target on their back grows it, it bigger and bigger, and that's it's a really unfortunate thing, uh, but it, it's a, we're a victim society at this point, and I I hate that personally. I you know I would would rather go back to the days where um, you know, you could honor a handshake uh, and not have to w worry about uh, people threatening to sue you for any or little little thing. Uh, people just don't take responsibility for their own actions. It's and if something bad happens to them, it's somebody else's fault. And that's um, you know that unfortunately is the way too many people. Uh, think, and so obviously uh, uh, most of us need to think about how how can we protect what we have for ourselves uh, and our families. So anyway, that that makes things a lot of fun for us. Well, it is a lot of fun because it, uh, on your end, you're informing people about some subjects, uh, in particular with the long-term care assistance webinar that. Boy, there's just a lot of half-truths and misinformation out there, and a lot of people may be in the middle of a crisis, so getting the information and having it from a trusted source has uh, got to be a, a nice relief for them in some ways so that they're no longer sort of just floating about in this sea that's so hard to navigate. Well, the fact is is that there's a lot of misinformation out on the street. Uh, people think they know what they know, you know, and and more times than not, they're they're incorrect. They're they're wrong. Uh, so one thing I can assure people is that uh, uh, the information that we share in our monthly webinars is absolutely accurate for folks who live in the state of North Carolina. Um, you know, obviously um, they're. For folks who live in other states, uh, other rules apply that aren't necessarily true here. But for North Carolina, uh, uh, what we share is, is accurate information based on the law as it exists today. And that's, um, you know, at least that's a pretty nice a, a assurance because it just blows my mind how much bad information is given out even by professionals who should know better. They think they know enough to give advice or they encourage you to do something one way or the other and they're, you know, the fact is you need to get your advice from people who really see the entire picture rather than just part of the picture. <laughs> 
You know, one of the best testimonials that you often get, and it's also kind of a warning to those listening, is I, I wish I would have done this sooner. I wish I would have known about this sooner. And that's why it's so important to get ahead of this. If you want to register for the next set of webinars happening in March, that's the next time that we're having a set of webinars, Wednesday, March 8th, you can go online to WGA Law. It's free to register, free to attend. There's no obligation uh, on your end whatsoever. All you need is a device with an internet access and an email address, and you're good to go. WGALaw.com. Just click on the Seminars button at the top of the page to register, or you can also call the office, 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. We're going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with more. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Learn more about Bill by going to WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. You can schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can find information about Bill's free webinars if you want to learn more about long-term care assistance or asset protection and trust planning. WGALaw.com is where you want to go. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we want to get into a, a discussion here about how our lives are constantly changing and how making sure that our, our planning has flexibility that can account for that. Um, well, you know, it was Ben Franklin uh, who and I'm I'm sure that I will be paraphrasing, but he uh, said very aptly that uh, the only things guaranteed in life uh, are death and taxes. Uh, and um, quite frankly, there's no question uh, about either one uh, as it relates to that. Uh, and of course. Uh, the fact is that planning uh, revolves to a great degree uh, about death uh, and uh, how to um, manage uh, when someone dies and uh, how folks want to leave their property to their family uh, and the like uh, and how to avoid paying any tax possible you know um and you know frankly from my perspective uh taxes are a necessity um i, I won't uh you know there are times when we look at taxes as being evil <laughs> but the fact is is that uh, our our taxes are important in terms of uh, of um, uh, the things that allow us to maintain this great country of ours. Um, uh, but at the same time, no one should pay more than they have to pay. I mean, quite frankly, you can volunteer to pay more, but I don't um, 
believe in that. Uh, I think we all owe and uh, and should be paying taxes. Um, uh, and there are lots of different uh, philosophies about who should pay what and those kinds of things. But the fact is we all should pay uh, our fair share of taxes, uh, but we shouldn't overpay. And uh, reducing what we might otherwise pay is something that's very important um, in part of asset protection and good estate planning. Um, uh, now, frankly, I have to add one more thing into Ben Franklin's phrase as it relates to uh, guarantees in life, uh, as it relates to death and taxes. And, and I would also say that when it comes to good estate planning, uh, I prefer to think about estate planning as not death planning, but life planning. You know, it encompasses both, but the death planning is the least important part of it. It really is how do we structure, um, uh, you know, our uh, estates during our lifetime for ourselves, uh, to take care of ourselves, to take care of our spouse, and then to leave what we want to leave to our children, um, it, you know, how we want to leave it, as opposed to here it is, you're on your own now. A and that uh, is okay for some folks, but it's not okay for most folks, because there's life is more complicated than that for many, many families, for lots and lots of different reasons. But the fact is that one constant in our life is change. And um, it, it is imposed upon us whether we want it or not. Uh, most of us don't like change. Uh, but the fact is we have to deal with change constantly because the fact is is that as we get older, our lives uh, are constantly changing whether we like it or not. And, uh, you know, they're... Um, uh, and as a result of that, uh, when we have planning, it's really important that that planning um, can be flexible, you know, because most of us have desires that um, um, need contingencies, uh, but, you know, and that's really important. In planning, you know, it's the kind of thing where uh, some folks, a lot of folks say, you know, I don't want anything complicated. I just want it real simple. Um, you know, I just, just everything to my spouse and then equally to our children. Okay, I get that. But what about the fact that things change? Uh, or things are imposed upon us where that isn't exactly the way it works. I mean, a, a biggie is we lose loved ones. You know, death <clears throat> arrives on our doorstep. We lose our parent. We lose our spouse. We might even uh, have a tragic where we tragedy where we lose a child or grandchild, uh, but the fact is is that that 
occurs to us. Uh, divorce is another biggie that's unfortunate. Uh, you know, when we marry, we're not thinking about those kinds of things, but the fact is is that there's a high percentage of divorce, and oftentimes there are children involved, which makes it a double tragedy for folks. And don't think it's easy uh, to deal with those issues. Um, there, there's financial issues involved. There are huge emotional issues involved. There are planning issues involved. Uh, but the fact is, is that uh, that occurs. You know, we, um, you know, there, there are just too many things to even mention when it comes to changing. But the fact is, is that a good plan will have flexibility built in it. It's just like when you do a will and it says, I leave everything to my spouse and then equally to our children, that will should also say, but if my spouse should predecease me, then it goes where? More often than not, to our children. But then again, uh, it's the kind of thing that some children will have grandchildren, other children will not. Some children will be married, some children will not. Um, and so it's the kind of thing, well, what about the contingencies in terms of, of that? Or what if the, uh, a child dies with very young uh, children? Uh, should you have a plan for that? Well, of course you should. It should be in your will. And of course, if you have a trust, you can even have more sophisticated, more specific planning, which can be uh, very, very important. And of course, it's also important to be able to choose the people that you trust to take care of things for you when you can't take care of them yourselves. And of course, that time comes, obviously, if, if you die, you can't take care of things, so you got to leave it to somebody to take care of things for you. Uh, if you uh, become in a place where you can't manage things anymore, you have the same issue. The only difference is you got to have somebody who's uh, doing what you want done for you. And, of course, a trust-based plan can help you do that in a big way. But one of the things, and I, I know we're going to take a break in a second, but one of the things that can make a plan better, or if done wrong, much worse, and can build flexibility into a plan, uh, is something that uh, we all end up having, and that's called beneficiary designations. And beneficiary designations um, are outside your will or trust. It can be used very effectively with a will or a trust agreement. But the fact is, is that most people who do beneficiary designations don't connect the dots. And that's a huge mistake because if you don't do it right, you will screw up a good plan in a heartbeat because you're not connecting the dots. And I'll explain that when we come back. That's a really important important point and something that we do need to get to. Don't forget, if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or attend one of Bill's free webinars, you can go online to WGA Law. 
www.wgalaw.com. WGALaw.com from there. If you want to attend one of Bill's webinars, click on the seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register, free to attend. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, whether it's Medicaid, VA benefits, there's so much information packed into there. You can also learn more about asset protection and trust planning. Just go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button at the top of the page, or call 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more of this is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can go to WGALaw.com to learn more about Bill or to register for his free webinars. WGALaw.com. Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, just before the break, we were discussing the concept of beneficiary designations and wills. And this is a really important discussion because I think there's there's some confusion related to these two items. No question about it. And benef- like I said... Beneficiary designations can make a break a plan, whether it's a will-based plan or a trust-based plan. And of course, uh, when I a trust can be a separate trust, or it can be what we call a testamentary trust. It can be a trust that's actually in your last will and testament. And in fact, um, most good wills that are drafted by attorneys will actually have a fairly simple trust in the uh, document, uh, particularly, and sometimes they're called holdback trust, uh, and uh, the most common that you see in a will is for uh, a young child. In other words, a child that's, that, that um, is a minor. Uh, now, uh, in there are other reasons that you create a trust in wills, and one is for a spouse that is um, not doing well uh, and couldn't manage property that's left to them. Uh, that's a very important trust. Another would be a special needs uh, child. Uh, another would be a child that's addicted or uh, otherwise disabled. Um uh, um, uh, it might be that you're trying to create a trust for a parent or, or other loved one. You know, so there are lots of different reasons um, why you would do that. But, okay, so how does a beneficiary designation... You know, the fact is, <clears throat> and this is um, a, a, a change to some degree. So you run into beneficiary designations with almost everything now. So what are the most common ones? Well, first, if you buy a life insurance policy, who's going to get the money? That's a beneficiary. Uh, If you buy an annuity, uh, which is an insurance contract, same thing. It's like, okay, uh, who's it going to go to if you're not around? Um, So... Um, 
your retirement accounts uh, are sometimes the biggest asset that you have. And it goes to the person or persons that you have listed as beneficiaries. Um, now, uh, the fact is, is that when you're asked to put down a beneficiaries, the forms typically um, indicate what person do you want to receive this property? You know, your spouse, your children, whomever, and what percentage? Uh, but it typically doesn't have contingencies other than if your spouse dies, it goes to your children, you know, that sort of thing. But the fact is, is that that is not necessarily what your plan you, you know, that you have paid an attorney to help you with an estate plan, you have to make sure that your beneficiary designations that you have with these entities, your life insurance policy, your annuity policies, your retirement plans, work with your estate plan. You've connected the dots. All right, so what else is out there? Well, now... When you go to the bank or the credit union to set up an account, more often than not, when you're setting up the account, they put a form in front of you that's what? A beneficiary designation. Now, they don't call it that necessarily. They, they call it, banks typically call that beneficiary designation a POD, a pay-on-death form. That's a beneficiary designation. The same is true when you go to your financial advisor and set up a brokerage account of any kind. More often than not, when you're signing all the forms, they're going to put in a beneficiary designation in front of you, and they call theirs a TOD, transfer on death. But again, what is it? It's a beneficiary designation. Now, the fact is that the, these beneficiary designations are always going to take priority over anything you have in your will or your trust. And that's the a huge mistake that most so many people make. They assume that their will or their trust trumps everything else, and it's just the opposite. So it's, it's your responsibility to make sure that your beneficiary designation is right. Well, how can a beneficiary designation screw up a plan? Well, the fact is, is that most of us, when we do a beneficiary designation, we keep it simple. It's like, okay, all to my spouse, and if my spouse has predeceased me, then to my children. But what if your spouse is very sick? And the worst thing that could happen is that you die and your spouse inherit all the money and it can't be managed uh, and it's available. Uh, you know, is there a, a way to protect it? Well, of course there is. You can create a supplemental needs trust in your will. But guess what? If your beneficiary designation says all the money goes to my spouse, then it's not going to go to your trustee that you've created this wonderful trust in your last will and testament. And guess what? It's not going to work because your trustee won't get anything. 
That's huge. Well, you know, we do that kind of trust in Medicaid protect asset protection planning all the time. But it's so important that the that you have ownership of title to your property which includes your beneficiary designations consistent with what your plan is. Uh, and that's true if you have a separate trust as well. It's true when it comes to your retirement accounts. But uh, it, it, it uh, all right, another uh, significant issue would be, okay, I've been to my lawyer. I have a really nice estate. It's one that's potentially taxable at my death, uh, at least taxed to my children, called estate tax. A basic estate tax plan creates a trust, generally for the spouse and family, at your death. Um, Now, again, if your beneficiary designations sends all the money directly to your spouse and not to the trust, you have just blown your estate tax plan. Uh, and then you end up with other issues uh, that sometimes don't work the way you want it to, called disclaimers and the necessity for filing an estate tax return. Uh, but the fact is, is that your plan is blown because you have not done your beneficiary designations properly. Now, could you leave your property to your trustee under your will? or to your trustee under your revocable trust or your irrevocable trust. Absolutely, you can do that. But the fact is, is that when you're filling out those forms, there are only a very few people that are counseled that way or talked about that way. See, the problem is that your lawyer, your estate planner, typically is not on the same page with your banker or not on the same page with your life insurance agent, or not on the same page as your brokerage. Uh, And so they don't care how you fill out these forms, you know, but they don't care whether it works with your plan or not. They're not going to take the time to make sure that it fits with your plan. That's huge. So whose responsibility is it? It's yours. But not, you know, the brokerage house said, well, we're just doing what you told us to do. And the fact is they're making you do these beneficiary designations because it's not for you, it's for them. It makes it so much easier on a bank if you have a beneficiary designation. All they need is a death certificate, and then they pay it out. And that's it. They're done. They don't, they don't have to get a whole lot of paperwork involved under those circumstances. It's... It's done. And if it's great if it is part of your plan. It's not so great if it destroys your plan. Having all those dots connected is so key because you put a lot of work into these plans and to the thought of what you want to happen to your money and your assets. So if you want to get a hold of Bill, schedule an appointment to speak with him, you can go to WGA Law. WGALaw.com is where you can go to find more information about Bill and also find information about his free webinars as well. If you want to call the office, the phone number is 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. 
7,000. Don't make a mistake that will unravel all your plans. Make sure you've had this looked over by someone who can look at it from that high point of view, that macro view, and make sure that everything is working together in harmony. Again, if you want to get a hold of Bill, WGALaw.com or 919-256-7000. We're taking a short break, but we'll be back after this. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. WGALaw.com is where you can find more about Bill. It's also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, and how to deal with the astronomical costs related to long-term care, You have a wonderful free opportunity for you by attending one of Bill's free webinars. Go to WGALaw.com to learn more. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we've been talking a lot about planning and making sure we have flexibility within our plans to meet our needs. And, you know, sometimes we, we can kind of make the assumption that things are going to be simple, but that's that's oftentimes not the case. Uh, no question about it. And, of course, uh, uh, you know, beneficiary designations can also be a useful tool uh, to create a plan that is a little different from everything to my spouse or everything equally to my children. Uh, because um, e- even though, uh, I mean, we what a very common situation today is people will be in a second marriage or third marriage for that matter. Um, You know, they've lost uh, your spouse through death or divorce and you have children and then you remarry. Uh, Some people, uh, of course, and it's extremely wise for most people who have anything to have a prenuptial agreement, not only because it gives you more flexibility in your planning, um, but also because it helps for your children to be ex- to accept your new spouse when you have children. Because if you don't have a prenup, your your children just assume that that your new spouse is the gold digger, uh, and they're going to take the inheritance away from them, and that doesn't put your marriage uh, in a good light with your children. Uh, more often than not, and that's that's a sad thing. But a prenup can often resolve that and give you the flexibility because the only person in your life when you're married who is entitled to inherit from you is your spouse. Your children are not entitled. If you want to leave all your your um, resources your estate to charity and not your children you have an absolute right to do that whether they like it or not Um, uh, that's not necessarily true with your spouse uh, unless you have a prenuptial agreement where all of those rights have been waived uh, at the time before uh, you actually get married Um, 
And so uh, prenuptial agreements give you the ability to leave your entire estate to your children if that's what you desire to do. And, of course, in a lot of second and third marriages, that's exactly what people want to do. You know, they want to have a a wonderful life together, but at the same time, uh, they what they've most of what they've acquired they acquired as when they were younger during their first marriage, and they want that those assets to go to the children, uh, knowing that the spouse should be able to take care of himself or herself. Uh, from the assets that they had before marriage. And that's the way it, it works frequently, but not always. Um, so, uh, you know, obviously with beneficiary designations, you can leave your retirement accounts or your life insurance uh, to a, a different situation. You can have, for instance, a family trust. Uh, for your spouse, you can have a, a family trust for your children or both of them. You can have a marital type trust that where you can use a beneficiary designation to the trustee, or you may have something in your will that says, "I leave everything to my children," but you leave the retirement account directly to your spouse, or vice versa. You you know you say. I leave this to my spouse, but then you have a beneficiary designation to your children or to a friend or to a parent or however it, you know, whatever your intentions are. You know, I always say, let your money follow your passions, whatever that is. And for uh, folks who have children and grandchildren, particularly, oftentimes uh, the children and grandchildren constitute the passion that people have, but sometimes it's for other things. And not everyone has children and grandchildren. So, you know, it's a very personal uh, kind of thing when it, it comes to making those decisions. Uh, but the bottom, the, the thing that I hope that I have uh, opened people's eyes to the fact that when they do estate planning, they need to think and consider about all the beneficiary designations that they have signed. Because the truth is today, almost all of their property, other than their real estate, is uh, has a beneficiary designation uh, on it. And that is critical so that, that you get it all together and you connect the dots with your plan. Because if you've simply done your estate planning, Without considering it, the likelihood of your plan working the way you want it to, which is really important to me, um, it's probably not going to work. <laughs> so uh, connect the dots. That's the, that's the theme for the day. Now, with that said, there are other things that uh, people do, seniors do, to keep it simple and the fact is is that they have an alternative simple way that is better than what most people do all right so what am i talking about um, a lot of seniors when they get to a point when they're asking a child to help them manage uh, their bills uh, to make sure that the bills get paid and things like that 
more often than not, instead of going to their lawyer, they go to the bank, your banker. Now, what does your banker do when you do that? It's like, oh, well, we can set up a joint account with your daughter or son, and that will give your daughter or son the ability to um, uh, sign their name to your uh, account and pay your bills and, and manage things for you that way. Well, does that work? Yes, but <clears throat> is it the best way? Generally, I would say, no, it's not what you want to do. And why is that? Is because when they set up these accounts, you're making that particular child an owner of that account with you and upon your death, typically, it's a survivorship account, so that child is entitled to all the money in that account. And sometimes it's set up to where it's all of the accounts in the bank, not necessarily just one account. And if you have more than one child, then the question becomes, well, what was your intention when you set up the account? Did you set it up because you wanted that one child to get it all? Or did you set it up because it was convenient and that's what the banker recommended? Well, I can tell you from my experience that about 99 times out of 100, people are doing it for convenience and not because they intend for it to go to that child. But guess what? Can you come back from the dead and say, hey, I wanted my daughter to, to share that account with my other children. And she said, mm-mm, no, no, dad intended for me to get this because I was the one helping dad. You know, I was the one responsible. You guys weren't, and he wanted me to have this money. And the fact is you're not there to, to say, no, 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 that's, that's not really true. So the fact is... What's the better way? The better way, and just as easy, is to have a general durable power of attorney and let your child sign on your account as your fiduciary, as your agent. Gives them the same authority to write the checks, but the account is not theirs. It's yours. They're acting as your agent to manage your money and pay your bills. And then there's no question at your death, it's not their money. It goes by your either your beneficiary designation or by your will that says, I want it divided equally among uh, you know my children. So, uh, and, and that's a very common thing that seniors do but the fact is, if you have uh, e even a poorly drafted general durable power of attorney, typically your agent will have the ability to, to um, sign your checks and pay your bills and can sign it uh, on an account as your agent. And, and that is clearly, clearly, clearly the best way to do it. So people need to stop. I mean, I wish the bankers would say, hold up, yeah, you know, go get a power of attorney and let's put your daughter on as your agent. But the fact is they, they, they can't create a power of attorney for you and they want to help you right then 
And the way they do it is they set up your account in the worst way possible. <laughs> so is that good or is that bad? You know, you get your account, uh, but at the same time, it's not done consistently with your plan. And, and that's where so many of these, quote, professionals are doing what's easy for them, not what's best for you. And, and, you know, you have that uh, with joint accounts with right of survivorship in the same way that you have issues with beneficiary designations. It's so important to avoid these unintended consequences when it comes to your planning. And it's really important that you have the perspective of an elder law attorney. If you've never had your documents or had your uh, situation reviewed by one, get a hold of Bill. Go to WGALaw.com, schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, WGALaw.com, or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back with more of this is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Don't forget, you can go to WGALaw.com to register for Bill's free webinars. They happen the second Wednesday of every month. The next set of webinars is on Wednesday, March 8th. Again, go to WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page. It is free to register, free to attend if you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, or about asset protection and trust planning, WGALaw.com. Click on the seminars button at the top of the page or call 919-256-7000, we got to get out of here. That'll do it for us today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong, thanking you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day. Mm-hmm.